0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Whether we realise it or not, hotels' main role of providing lodging for people who are looking for a place to stay when they're in town is pretty underrated. While some look at hotels from a more functional lens, the kind of hospitality that they provide can sometimes make our day. They've always played their part in contributing to the growth of the city, so it's about time we take a look at their relationship with the capital and get to know more about what it is like to operate a hotel. To help us with that, we speak to Henley Chu. Hi Henley, thank you for joining me on the line. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what you do?
1: Hi, uh, my name is Henley Chu, uh, Malaysian. been a hotelier for the last, uh, I think, 28 years. Must be a long time. In various hotel groups, uh, yeah, I've been a hotelier all my life. In early days, I started with the Marriott uh, group of hotels in various countries. I was in uh, China, in uh, Myanmar. I was in Bali, I was in a few other places and I came back to Malaysia in year 2000 and I joined the Sunway Group and uh, for 11 years I was with the Sunway Group. I ended up as the CEO of the Sunway uh, Hotels and Resorts for 6 years. Thereafter I uh, joined Kazana's uh, uh, DRH at the time, now it's called the Tar and H, uh, where we developed at the Saru Coast that you have now and also the Datai in Langkawi. Then I was also with the Berjaya Group, also at the CEO of the hotel, managing many hotels in seven countries. Uh, I had a short stint in uh, Vietnam, the Vin Group uh, Hotels, uh, called the Vin Pearl of Hotels. Then I came back about two years ago.
0: Yeah, so perhaps maybe you can share with us, you know, the kind of relationship that hotels have with the city, especially our city Kuala Lumpur, right? Because I feel like sometimes we tend to see hotels as just a place for you to stay for a while, right? And and perhaps maybe we tend to look at them more from a touristy perspective, whereas I feel like maybe they also play a crucial part in especially contributing to um, the growth of the city,
1: right? You know, like we always say, uh, if you want to gauge the economic growth of a country, you always look at the occupancy of the hotels uh, in the past, right? Mm because if there's no economic activity there's no travellers so when the hotel gets a bit busy then we know the economic situation is a little bit better Yeah. Mm. now talk about the past I think hotels uh, have come a long way uh You know, in in KL, for instance, you know, those few famous hotels that have been uh, known for a long time. In fact, one of the first hotels, international hotels, was the KL Hilton. Then it became the Mutiara, and then now it's it's torn down. Then, of course, you have the Equatorial, the original Equatorial. And then the very famous one, of course, is the Federal Hotel. That was like the Merdeka Hotel. eh? The Federal Hotel, I think people of my age would remember the revolving restaurant. Well, that was like a big thing at that time. Sitting in a restaurant that can actually revolve and see the whole city. And if we fast-forward a little bit, I think the real growth of KL was really in the 90s, in the mid-90s, actually. Just prior to the Commonwealth Games. If you remember, I'm not quite sure exactly what year, it could be 97. 98, if I'm uh, not mistaken. 98, right? Yeah. Uh, so those years, those years there was a lot of hotels, new hotels that uh, came on stream uh, and until today. So I think in KL now, I think we have got uh, almost all the international names of hotels somewhere in KL. So, uh, that the hotel development has actually grown Mm.
0: operating a hotel is not an easy feat having to deal with a lot of things right Uh, what are some of the challenges or untold stories behind operating a hotel that people might not be aware of
1: first I think uh, before we talk about operating a hotel we should also understand the building or the development of the hotel Mm. you see a lot of uh, hotel developers want to develop a hotel but many do not actually do very thorough feasibility studies okay because first you must identify who is your audience of the hotel right and not which brand you like right because a lot of hotel developers before they even start anything they just they've already decided in their head oh i like this brand so i must put this brand in my location not knowing that what is the audience what is target market for that particular location so when you get that wrong when you develop a wrong hotel you are not going to attract the right customer because because, simply because it doesn't uh, meet the demands of the customers at that at that location. Now, so supposing we develop the right hotel. So, if you talk about challenges in managing a hotel, oh, there's plenty. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, hotels on the onset looks very glamorous, uh, all the plush carpet. The chandeliers. The real business of the hotel is actually quite rough. Uh, it's quite rough. Uh, if, you, if you see the behind the scenes uh, of the hotel, uh, it is, uh, there's a lot of things going on, sometimes just to please one customer. And because of these experiences that I have, I've actually put up uh, uh, three books, three books to talk about the behind the scenes of the hotel, all stories told by hoteliers. Uh, the first book is called Hotel Tales. Second book is called More Hotel Tales. And of course, the third book is called Even More Hotel Tales so you can see a lot of interesting things that happens behind the scenes of uh, managing a hotel like you said uh, because service is such a subjective thing right what is good to one may not be good to another so you cannot teach we cannot teach our service staff to practice only certain uh, a very a fixed sop because fixed sop's don't work i'll give you an example what is a fixed sop if you go to a hotel chances are when you check in one of the first questions that will greet you is, good evening, sir, how is your flight, right? Mm. And you are expected to say, oh, I had a good flight, yes, it's good. But try giving a negative answer. Oh, I had a bad flight, I had a bad experience on flight. And you will see that the staff do not know how to respond to you because they have been taught very mechanically to, to greet the customers this way when they check in. So what I'm saying is hotel business is about human business, right? Hotel is all about human to get that, uh, the people who are very passionate about other people, staff who are very passionate about people, about wanting to delight the guests, that person will make a good hotelier. So if you do not have that kind of uh, staff in hand, it's very difficult to make uh, an impression on a guest.
0: Mm. I like the fact that you mentioned that um hotel essentially is, at the end of the day, is, is, is a service industry, right? And, and I think, like you said, managing staff to be able to adapt to a more, like, I guess, flexible situation, especially when we're dealing with guests, can be quite um, complicated, right? Uh, so, based on your experience, how have you managed your staff previously?
1: No, I think every staff has got uh, strength, right? I think every staff should be taught how to be themselves uh, within certain parameters, yeah staff cannot be taught to be uh, totally mechanical, to, to be totally robotic. You see, now with AI, uh, with all these robotics in place, so uh, the, the robots are trying to take over the human role. So we shouldn't be teaching humans to become robots. <laughs> so uh, we should be teaching humans to understand each other, to understand each guest is different, right? Uh, some guests love to be talked to. Then please, by all means, talk to the guests. Some guests just wants to be left alone. Please leave them alone. So there is no one way of treating all guests. So the way to train our people is to train them to be human, to understand people, not understand procedures, but understand people within a set parameter.
0: Okay, um, coming back to your earlier point just now, you said something a- along the lines of hotel being uh, very glamorous, right? And I think totally. to a certain extent, yeah, I do agree with you. But at the same time, another interesting thing that I am always, I guess, puzzled by is this whole star system, right? And how we'll be always be looking at, the, I guess, the number of stars, whether the hotel is like a three-star hotel, like a four-star hotel, and a five-star hotel. And I understand that, yes, uh, I guess the, the level of services that comes with the hotel also depends on the number of stars available. But um, how do you... Look at, you know, you know, providing that, that, that kind of experience, that kind of hospitality based on the number of stars uh, without compromising the quality. Like, for example, if I were to go to a three-star hotel, should I expect to be treated less properly compared to if I were to go to a five-star hotel? I mean, as a customer, you should always expect to be treated in a good way, right? Regardless of whether the hotel is like a five-star hotel or a three-star hotel, right?
1: Right. Uh, that that's a very, very good question. Now, in the past, the hotels are being rated based on the, the infrastructure, the structure that they have, the building that they have, the quality that they provide and all. Yeah? Now, actually, star rating is more relevant when you go into uh, online portal, guest reviews. You, if you notice, a lot of all the online portals where all the travel, uh, online travel agents, they have reviews. They have up to five-star reviews. Now, those star ratings are actually more important and more convincing than the official star rating, okay? Mm-hmm. Official star rating is based on the infrastructure of the hotel. If you have a swimming pool, you have this star. If you don't have swimming pool, you have that star. If you have a business centre, you are rated this star. And so, But I think the real star rating should be given, and rightfully so, by the customers, by the guests. And if the guest thinks you are five-star, even though you do not have a swimming pool, example, I, and I think, and this is how rates are being positioned now. And more and more, not because you spend more to build your hotel, it should be five-star. Now, because if the guest thinks you are good and with your services, with your the delivery of your, right, and they are willing to pay more because of those, even though your building is old, your building is not as chunky as uh, the newer ones, people are willing to pay. Right? So it is, To me now, it it is more meaningful and more relevant to actually look at what your guest is telling you about your hotel in terms of uh, star rating. Uh, the, The physical star rating on the product is actually, in my opinion, not so relevant anymore.
0: Hmm, yeah, that's very interesting that, that you brought that up because now another thing that we can talk about is also that, right, precisely that. Once upon a time, we don't have the internet to help guide customers in terms of choosing hotels, right? But now uh, everything is more transparent. Uh, you can always find reviews online. Um, so how challenging is that in terms of, like I guess, maintaining that reputation uh, since everything is very transparent these days, right? Does it help or hurt the business?
1: No, I, I think this is very good. This is a platform that makes hotels stand on their toes because everyone is watching them. Not only the authorities coming to uh, rate, sorry, not the, the body that's coming to rate the hotel, uh, when they come only you have to put on your best show. Now your everyday guest is your judge. Your everyday guest is going to determine whether you're a good hotel, you're not a good hotel. And they are not only just telling you, they are telling the world. Mm-hmm. So you have to be on your toes. So uh, every hotel strives to get very good scoring on the guest reviews, whichever platform. There yeah? uh, there's so many platforms, all the online travel agent platforms. Everyone strives to get uh, good reviews. And uh, and I'm sure a lot of, and I know a lot of uh, all these online platforms, they do have uh, like yearly awards for being rated five-star or, or score of 9 over 10 or 8 over 10. There are, I think hotels look forward to these scores more than the official star rating.
0: Okay, yeah. Some some people tend to look at hotels as just a place for you to stay for a while, but for hoteliers, I guess the experience that you provide goes beyond just providing short-term accommodation, right? The word hospitality might be slightly overused, but at the same time, it is the word to describe it, right?
1: Oh Yes. I mean, a hotel is not just a place to stay. I mean, typically... Hotels have got five segments of business. I mean, if I were to just uh, generalize it, okay? Mm -hmm. The segments are your commercial FIT. FIT stands for independent travelers, your uh, frequent independent travelers. Then you've got your commercial group, and then you've got the leisure FIT, the leisure group, and your base business. The difference between commercial and leisure is, uh, as you know, leisure is uh, holiday uh, makers. Uh, Commercial, they they are, what they call their account is paid by the company. Okay? Leisure, you pay by your own pocket. So it's very, very different kind of guests coming in. Yeah. So when you have a commercial guest who is spending company money to stay in the hotel because they have to attend an important meeting and all that, the requirements, the needs are very, very different. But if you go on a holiday with your family, right, where it is your own pocket, every dollar counts, right? So these are the five main segments. The last segment, of course, is the base segment. Base segment is basically your long stay and all that. So in a hotel, typically, there are five key segments that the hoteliers will look for. Of course, this is just a room side. Then, of course, you have the F&B side, where you have got your function space, your convention centers, your F&B outlets and all that. So all these contributes to the whole revenue of the hotel.
0: That was Stanley Chu a former hotelier with a vast experience in the industry. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharudin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9 BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin and joining me on the show this week is Henry Chew, a veteran in the hospitality industry that has worked in multiple hotels across the country and the region. We've been talking about the relationship between hotels and the city, the role they play and what it is like to operate a hotel. Now, we all know how bad the pandemic has affected our lives and the livelihood of many. The hospitality industry is one among myriads of industries that are really struggling because of it. But how severe is the situation?
1: Just to give you an overview, yeah. in Kuala Lumpur alone, there are 40,000 hotel rooms. PJ Selangor, there's about 20,000. So in the Klang Valley, there's 60,000 hotel rooms, and these are registered hotels, eh? not including the Rumah Kumpangan and all that. So, 60,000 hotel rooms. With the current pandemic, hotels are doing only about 10-12% occupancy. All right? So, every night, there are 50,000 empty hotel rooms. So, that is not slightly affected. That is really badly affected. Right? Because borders are closed. No one can travel. Yeah. So, uh, hot- hotels are uh, Right now, actually going through a very, very difficult time, uh, which is also in a, a good situation because right now, this is the time where they really need to reset and restructure and relook really at the, how they have been operating in the past, whether they have been too staff heavy, too many uh, staff, or whether they have been doing things that they were not necessarily uh, to be done. So I think this is also a very good time for all, every hotel to reflect, which I'm sure every hotelier is, is doing that right now, to reorganise themselves, to restructure themselves. So it, it is a, this is a tough time. Yeah.
0: How have they been re-strategising to cope with the pandemic? Do you know any, like, I guess, stories or attempts to perhaps pivot?
1: Yeah, I, I think every hotel is trying whatever they can. Many hotels have gone into food delivery, okay? Some hotels have gone into uh, providing housekeeping, right? Even five-star hotels have offered services to come to your house and clean your house if you want them to. Are these drawing much revenue? I don't think so. But I think it is a very good exercise by uh, hoteliers uh, or very good initiative uh, to keep their staff motivated and to continue to engage with their staff. You cannot have a, a group of people there with nothing to do. So it's not so much about the making of profit when you do things like that, so because I do hear people telling me, you know, if they do things like that, they sell three ringgit, five ringgit. How can they make any money? It's not the question of making money. Yeah, it's a question of really keeping the staff warm, showing uh, what do you call that the management are together with the staff to go through this situation. So a lot of hotels, many, many hotels doing something, right? Something uh which is good is rather than doing nothing. So those hotels who cannot make it uh, or, or have got financial uh, difficulties have actually either temporary closed down or some have even announced a permanent close down. But uh it it is good and I think I, I applaud the hotel for at least trying to do something about it.
0: Yeah, I've heard that there are some hotels out there that are also offering work-from-home packages as well. Uh, I I think that's also... Work-from-hotel
1: packages. Yeah, (laughs) work-from-hotel
0: packages. Yeah, that seems to be quite an interesting approach as well, right? If you think about it.
1: Hotels are very creative. Hoteliers are very creative. I mean, you can call it work-from-hotel or staycation, vacation. All that is really just to get people to fill up the hotel. I mean, you can can buy a work-from-hotel package, but who knows whether you work in the room or not? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, earlier, you alluded to the fact that I think a lot of people do not really know or understand what's happening behind the scenes, right? And I know you've written down these stories in your books, but I think for the benefit of our, our listeners, maybe you can share a bit of the things that perhaps uh, you wish um, more guests, especially hotel guests, would understand a lot more about. You know, for example, the kind of services that you provide to guests and things like that.
1: Talk about behind the scenes. Yes, hoteliers uh, do a lot of things behind the scenes. Sometimes just to delight one guest, uh, the hotel- hotels to actually go out of their way to, to please a guest. There are many stories like that in my book. Uh, one, one of my favorite stories is, is this, which I, I like to share with you, honey, as well. You know, uh, one of the stories indicate that uh, there was this guest who was very, very big. He's a big man, right? He lie in the bathtub having a very nice bath, right? And when he released the water, because his body is so big and he filled up the whole tub, his body was like sucked by the tub he could not get out he could not get out of the tub he called the hotel this is why sometimes you know you see in the hotel in the bathroom we have a phone there it is for cases like that so when you cannot get out of the tub what do you do so the, all the hotel uh, staff. so we got to do things like that how to move this guy out of the tub what do you think we should do what do you think we can do to get this guy out of the tub of course the answer is in the story yeah but i'll tell you we've Finally got him out of the tub by putting butter. We spread butter all around the tub and then slide him off the tub. <laughs> hmm. yeah? So these are all real stories. Okay? Then you got stories about you know, people uh, fighting in the room, people doing all sorts of things in the room. See when I wanted to, when I first wanted to uh, title my book, uh, I wanted to actually call it uh, "Only the Walls Have Seen" because it is true. In the hotel room, the four walls have seen everything that happens in that room. And that same room, one night, it could be a honeymoon couple having a sweet moment. Right, and the other night it could be uh, a a drug dealer doing a transaction. Right, so it, it's so va- varied. It is so varied uh, the situation that only the walls of those four rooms know what exactly has you know, has transpired inside that room. So, a hotel is so dynamic. Hotel is so interesting, and this is why hoteliers. Once you are a hotelier, you you don't get out of the hotel business anymore because that that's you. That's your DNA. That's <laughs> That's your life. You live, eat, breathe hotel.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a very fun experience. right? I mean, you're right. I think to a certain extent, once you're involved, I guess it's difficult to detach yourself from, from the industry, right?
1: Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I think this has become a hotelier's life. And especially for senior hoteliers, sometimes even if you live in the hotel, so that's really your home. It's your home, so whenever you open your room door, you're already at work. That That is really part of you. So you, if you don't enjoy that kind of life, then it's going to be very, very difficult for anybody to be a hotelier.
0: Well, I guess it is expected for people in the service department, the hotel to serve their guests. Um, What are some of the things that you wish your guests will be more considerate of, will be more understanding of when it comes to, to their relationship with the people who uh, provide uh, their services to, to them?
1: Yeah. think uh, you'll be surprised. Actually, a lot of guests are actually very, very good guests. A lot of guests are very appreciative of the service staff, okay? Uh it is that the the few but the few that makes the most noise who would complain about hotel services and all uh, but majority of guests are actually very good guests okay they they reward the the, the staff who serve them well, uh, even though sometimes we do not allow tips but the uh, the guest finds it so uh, they, they find it so happy to to give something right to the service staff we don't encourage that, but uh, you no know, the guests still do. Service is, like I said, so subjective. To a simple person, uh, a smile is a good service. So when uh, a staff smiles at you, you say, yeah, this hotel gives good service. But to others, uh, you can go out of your way and it's still never good enough. So service is a very, very subjective topic. So this is why I always wonder whenever someone says, oh, that hotel has got good service. What do you mean, actually? I don't know what you mean, right? Good service to you may not be to me. So this is why uh, service is a very subjective topic.
0: <laughs> and I think uh, for you, uh, you're still in the industry, but I guess you have expanded your repertoire by also writing books about it. And I realized that you also are now giving talks online, right, about about hotels, speaking to various people from the industry. Is, is that a natural extension to the job?
1: Yeah. No, to, to me, now is the time to give back. I, I want to encourage young hoteliers to come and join this industry, but not to have expectation that is uh, not realistic. So I, what I do in my program uh, every week on a Wednesday is I interview fellow hoteliers to share some experience, to share some uh, tips or operation experience to, to the younger hoteliers who is uh, coming on on this this job. This is the time, in my opinion, to, to give back, time to to share, to, to share with the younger hoteliers. Uh, and yes, the book as well, uh, I, I was actually very surprised when I wrote this book. It's also, again, the whole objective was to share, but the book actually won first prize in the Book Awards uh, in 2012. And then in 2014, my second book won second prize. And in 20. 19, where the third book was supposed to uh, been nominated for the award. Unfortunately, because of COVID, the book award show didn't go on. So book three has, is awardless. <laughs> yes, uh, it is quite a natural thing. I think a lot of senior hoteliers uh, in the industry are also contributing in one way or another back to the industry, either through teaching, through speaking in, in engagements, or through even mentoring programs. A lot of young hotel general managers... They need some kind of a mentor because uh, you cannot teach everything in a hotel school. Because the environment every day is different. Yeah, you you the the school will not teach you how to handle a dead body if you if you find a dead body in the room. Or uh, the school will not teach you if you uh, think there is a spiritual. Existence in in the room. How, how you handle that, right? So so where do you learn that? So it is all through experience. It is through experience. Hoteliers who can actually tell you that.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean since you mentioned that, I think it's also very important to to be more aware of things as well, right? Uh, you need to I guess seek knowledge as well to a certain extent, right? To be able to understand the different nuances uh, surrounding uh, different potential guests and communities that you're in, right?
1: Oh, right. De- de- definitely. Again, because when you talk about hotels, we are dealing with people from all countries, uh, overseas and all that. And, you know, with people from different countries, they have they come to different cultures. You know, with the Japanese, for instance, you know the, the degree on how you bow, what what angle is, is a different meaning. You know you cannot bow at a different angle if, if you don't mean the particular thing. I'm not very very sure, but uh, I I know things that if you are sorry about something, you better bow a 90 degrees angle. Don't bow a 45 degree angle. So you know these are all uh, cultural exposures that the, a typical hotelier would definitely uh, encounter. And I think these are these kind of uh, experience are so rich. And this is why I think a lot of hoteliers enjoy this business, even though it is rough and tough.
0: Yeah, and apart from spreading your knowledge in various different forms, what else are you doing these days?
1: No, I'm uh, because of this pandemic, I am uh, also uh, starting a new platform to help the hotels particularly. Because hotels, are, as I said, there are 50,000 empty rooms every day and it needs to be fit. I, and also because now, as you know, since last year, the buzzword really is on stacation. Everything is about staycation, meaning they make spontaneous decisions. They want to have a quick uh, holiday out of the house and all that. So I have actually created a new platform, which was just launched uh, a few days ago, to be exact, uh, 1st of February, uh, to, to help spur up the, the interest from people and also to help hotels to make use of the unutilized uh, inventory. The the app is actually called Just Tonight. So it's very properly named because you book today for tonight. If you decide to go to a hotel and maybe use a pool or to get out of your house, or when you have a no-water situation, you just want to make a quick decision, let's stay in a hotel tonight. So we have actually come up with a platform with very, very affordable rate categories. They do not have to select the rates. The rates are all uh, all, all designed in such a way that it is easy for the guests to choose because there's only four rates to choose. Yeah, 50 ringgit, 100, 150, 200. That, that's all the four rates that they have to choose. And then the hotel will list the, the categories. They will choose to list in whichever category that they want to list for that night. So, uh, yes, this is, again, purpose of doing this is also to help the hotel industry during this very, very difficult time.
0: Mm. Um, And speaking of that, um, what are your hopes for the future? Will the pandemic change the way hotels operate in the future?
1: I I believe it will. I definitely believe it will. Okay. Uh, Hotels will never be designed the same way again you see in, in the past we because last time space was uh, cheaper, land was cheaper now everything is so expensive last time hotels will always be designed with a big grand lobby with triple volume ceiling you know a height uh, at the ground floor now everybody knows lobby don't bring you any money don't 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 generate any kind of uh Of income, but you but it, it is very important because it is the face of the hotel. It gives you the first impression. Yeah, but what cost are you going to pay for that first impression? Where you know, from a retail perspective or from a commercial perspective, ground floor space is always the most expensive space. And hotels used to use space like that to do a lobby, which bring you no return. So the hotels design have actually changed. Basically, they can incorporate the lobby with some kind of a retail component or a commercial component if they still want to remain in the ground floor. Or sometimes the lobby is, uh, is brought up to the higher floors. So I think all these uh, configurations will, will change in, the, in terms of the hotel design. Uh, again, when, because of the use of uh, technology now, face recognition, check-in, and all kinds of technology that is available for the hotel industry, uh, even for that matter, uh, rate positioning, how, how you position your rates. Uh, you, you there, There's a slew of uh, technologies that's uh, available in the hotel industry today that will uh, make operating a hotel very different. We will definitely need less manpower, but then the, the manpower that we currently have will be, basically be utilised to do something else. So, therefore... A hotelier must be multi-skilled. If a if a young hotelier who is listening in, and you think you are just only the front office staff and do nothing else, then you are not going to go very far. If you are a front office staff only today, you might want to talk to your manager and say, "Can you expose me also in FMB? I like to learn how to how to serve right in in the b or in the housekeeping or in engineering or in sales and marketing or in there's so many disciplines in the hotel. So uh, it is no more that one skill job. It is multi-skilled.
0: You've been tuning in to I Love KL and I've been speaking to Henley Chew, a veteran in the hotel and hospitality sector, sharing his stories and experiences working in the industry. He has written a series of books on the hotel industry called Hotel Tales, so do check that out if you'd like to read more about his stories. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and also Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Barudin, and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Remember to stay at home if possible, practice social distancing and stay safe. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9